Hey everybody, Steph Tuss here. Just wanted to take a quick second and let you know we have a fantastic opportunity for you. David and I are hosting a three-part training series called How to Reverse Engineer a Multi-Seven-Figure Business. And the second stage is all about leverage. So this is your opportunity to leverage us to show you how to leverage things in your business. If you'd like to join us, it's completely free. Just go ahead and click on the link in show notes and we'll see you there. Successful people learn how to make their minds work for them. We are Life Is Now, and this is the Successful Mind Podcast. So David, what do you want to talk about today? Are we talking about sabotage? Is that what it was? We're talking about fear. Fear. I forgot. What? Wait a minute. I, I blanked out. I'm sorry. Slide disguises of fear. Yeah, let's talk about the slide disguises of fear. I like that title because we always talk about the slide disguises of opportunity, right? Right. Like how to see opportunity, but we never really talk about the slide disguises of fear. Um, this topic kind of came to me. Uh, I, I was I was on a plane. I was on a plane recently. <laughs> and as you know, what happens to me on a plane is that I go into this like weird meditative place where I can get like tons of work done, heaps of work done right. in a very short period of time. But I also, like Brandon will tell you, I don't speak generally when I'm in a car or in a plane. I just kind of like, just I'm You're moving, but I'm lo- I've just I'm just, my brain is still kind of yeah. Um, but I was thinking about um all of our clients like over the past couple of weeks and and how each one of them and even the questions that we get in our Elite Mind program, how so many questions are fear in disguise. Yeah. They're asking a question, thinking they're solving one problem, but really what the underlying problem is, is fear. Right. Exactly. And I I don't think, I mean, you're naturally inclined to move away from fear, right? You're naturally inclined to move away from discomfort. Very few people are like, ooh, yeah, I like I like discomfort. I like fear. Right. Unless you're missing that, like that center of your brain that tells you. Yeah, that's not a good You should thing. be afraid. Like the, what was the movie we saw? Free Fall, where the, the guy, not Free Fall, Free Climber. Uh, oh, the oh the Free Climber guy. Yeah. Free Solo. Free Solo. Thanks, Brandon. That's free it. So- where he's just like climbing these mountains. Yeah, he's he missing that feel, part of his brain. He doesn't feel any fear. Didn't at- he die recently? Was it him? No, I don't the think alpinist. he did. The alpinist did. The, alpinist the guy died. that did it. Okay. Yeah. I knew one of them. Yeah. Burned. But they, they're, they've, 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 they don't have that fear center in their brain. Well, it's an interesting thing that you bring that up because- most people, you know, people, it's interesting. People come to us and be like, how do I get this fear to go away? It's like, you don't want the fear to go away. You want to know what it is. Fear is designed to keep you alive. Right. That's why we have that experience. We just don't want to be used by it. And that's the problem. Most people are used by it. And and, mo- and what's really true is that most of the fears that human beings experience these days are irrational. Right. They have very, very little chance of them actually happening. Exactly. But yet they're controlled by it and they don't even realize that it's fear. Yeah controlling them right in a her in such a horrific way i mean i was i was watching something the other day uh it was on youtube and they were talking about the amount of people that are on drugs um just in the united states alone because of the anxiety that they are constantly experiencing and really if they understood what they were going through and you gave them some techniques they wouldn't need drugs at all 
They wouldn't. I mean, the anxiety is caused because they don't know how to deal with the irrational fear that's going on in their mind. And I'm not talking about people that have anxiety disorders, but even with them, I've worked with many of them. Yeah. And it's completely controllable. Yeah. This, in terms of, like when I was thinking about the slide disguises of fear, I was thinking about the business owners that we work with and some of the questions that they bring, right? And generally, one of the big disguises of fear is resistance. Right. Right. It's they're procrastinating, right? So fear shows up as procrastination because why else would you procrastinate, right? If, exactly. if you're not afraid of doing the thing or getting the result of doing the thing, right? why else would you procrastinate? And I think if you really look at, um, I'm looking at this for myself because, you know, on the plane this past week, I was working on creating this entire workbook for a new program that we're launching on and in leadership, right? Why don't you tell everybody a bit about that just for a moment, just Put a little plug in for that program, that leadership well, but we're program. Not I know, but but just it, but just to like put it out there, small. like I think it's a good idea to put it so out. So I've created a program. Um, it's a two day workshop and uh, like four weeks of pretty much all access to really set up your business from a leadership perspective. So in terms of how to run a team meeting, how to do a team retreat, how to how to do em- employee feedback <laughs> in terms of three sixty feedback rather than standard performance reviews. So it really is like. Basically, it's everything that I do yeah. to maintain and run a really, really um, highly effective team. Because I noticed that a lot of the business owners that we work with are really great at the thing that they sell. Like they're really great at selling, you know, doing law services or, you know, doing coaching something or delivering massages or, but they, they don't have the skills because they were never taught how to actually run the business. Like and from an operational standpoint. And it's not just the skills, but being afraid of doing those things. So much fear around doing those things, right? Because, you know, what if I do the wrong thing and someone leaves, you know? Or what if I don't set this up right and I have to redo it all over again? Or yeah. what if I hire someone and I can't pay them? I mean, there's there so many fears associated with being the leader of of the company. But in order for you to, to grow and scale, you have to. Either that or you have to hire someone right. to be the leader, which means you have to know the difference between a good leader and a bad leader True. so that you bring on someone who's representative of you. So anyway, that's what the program is. So I'm, yeah. I'm basically just pulling back the curtain and giving this group of people Yeah, just so people can have an understanding yeah. of what we're talking about when we say the fear of what doing what. Like, what do they have a fear of? These, yeah. these are the biz- things business owners that petrifies them. Yeah. Well, anyways... We digress. I was on the plane and I'm working on this workbook, right? And I, I, you know, I take a lot of pride in the things that I create. I always have. When I was a teacher, I took a lot of pride in the curriculum that I developed for the kids. I put a lot of thought and effort into it. And I was on the plane and I kept noticing myself like wanting to stop working on the workbook and go and check Facebook or go and check my email or go and, you know, you know, text the kids. Do you typically do that? No. Okay. Normally I'm like laser focused and I like stop myself and I'm like, what is this? And it's because this is like really important to me and I want to make sure and do it right. So I, I fell back into my own pattern of what if this isn't good enough for everybody? Uh Right. Which is complete BS because it's really, really good. I know it's really good. It works. I mean, I'm like, we're, we are an example of all of the things that I'm teaching. hundred percent. But it's, it's so insidious that, that, and it's so easy for people to drop back into a fear pattern that if you don't know what signs to look for, 
you don't actually realize that you're in a sabotage pattern. You don't actually right. realize that you're experiencing fear because what I was experiencing didn't feel like fear to me. It felt like, well, you know, I need a, I need a break. I need to go do these right. completely right. pointless and, and, things. And let me add something to that. So you're sitting here and you're working on this thing and people might not understand the significance of that. That's an authentic expression of you right. where you haven't really done that much it over the last many years, right? I've been behind the scenes. Yeah, you've been behind the <laughs> scenes. So you're actually taking something that's yours, it's your genius, it's your creation. I've got nothing to do with it. And you're putting it out publicly to be seen and validated or criticized or accepted, whatever. Yeah. And it it was like, I was like, oh, this is interesting. Yeah. Right? Like exposed. Hmm, this is interesting. I'm noticing that I want to go and like look at Facebook when I know I've got a deadline <laughs> I need to hit and I'm feeling pressure under this deadline. Um, but it was just an example for me of, I don't think anyone's immune to it. Like it pops up in all different areas of your life. But the idea is that you become mindful so that you can spot it before it actually takes control of your behavior and your results. How long did it take you to realize it was fear that you were dealing with? Um, I didn't. So the weird thing was, is I didn't really, I, I worked on this two, two separate flights. So I worked on it on the way out where we were going and I worked on it on the way back on the way out. I didn't experience any of the, any of that. I really felt like super clear. Um, I kind of understood how I wanted to lay it out. Mm. And then on the way back, I noticed myself going into, Ooh, is this too much? Is this going to make sense? Do I need to do you know more of this or a little bit less of this? So it started by doubt, by coming in as doubt like confusion. And then it went into procrastination. And when I go into procrastination, I know that there's something underneath it because I'm not naturally a procrastinator at all. Right. I know that if I'm procrastinating, that there's something that I'm resisting. Like I, I don't want to make a decision about something because there's a negative consequence or um, I'm just, there's something underneath the procrastination. I think that's true for all, for yeah, all procrastination, true. right? But I've come to really realize that in myself. Like when I'm procrastinating, it's time to just like step back and really see hmm, what is this about? <laughs> and that's when I was, you know, I was just sitting on the plant and I was like, what the hell? And then it was like, oh, yeah, you're worried about what they're going to think. You're worried about if this is going to be good enough. And my, my, like my own core wound is right. about, is about being good enough, right? So I knew that that's where I was. And then as soon as I made the realization and I was like, I'm just going to put everything down on paper and I can change it later if I want. And then it just began to, it just began to flow. Um, and we see this, I mean, I saw that for myself just recently, but God, David, we see this every single day with the people that we work with. Every day, every day. You know, I mean, we just did a, um, a private session with someone today and he really had no idea he was being controlled by fear. He he thought that the decision that he was making was the best decision. Right. And it was 100% his decision was being controlled, or lack of decision yeah. was being controlled by fear. Yeah, and he was pretty obstinate about, about it at first. It's tough to see sometimes. <laughs> it is. Your it subconscious is. mind doesn't want you to see that stuff because then then you can change it, you know? Right, right. I think that's that's something that is genetically built into the human psyche so that we don't go off the rails because in the early years of our development, we absolutely have to develop patterns that keep us getting our needs met. And that is a period of our t of of our life when somebody else or 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 some bodies like other people are in authority over our well-being 
And we have to learn to communicate what our needs are in order to get those met. And sometimes they're met and sometimes they're not met. And then we have to adjust and we develop a whole pattern of responding from the perspective of if we don't get our needs met, we die. I mean, that's an absolute reality. People think to themselves, yeah, but I'm an adult. I don't worry about that now. No, you don't worry about that now, but you did when you were six months old, right? I mean, it was a real reality then, and that's when the pattern was absolutely developed. So now you're in control of your life, but your subconscious doesn't know that you are. So it believes that if you don't get those needs met by those other people, you could be back with the same kind of consequence that you had when you were an infant. And consciously, we know that that's not true, but that's not what controls our behavior, is it? Well, I mean, most people's biggest fear is being alone, right? Because uh-huh. being alone meant death when you were, when you were an yeah. infant. You know what's interesting about that? A lot of, if you look at a lot of uh, um, uh, single child families, right? You don't see that as much because those those kids usually learn how to self soothe. They're usually pretty comfortable being alone. And sometimes you see the inverse of that, where crowds will scare them, being around a lot mm-hmm. of other people. But when you have siblings, it's different. It's a it's a completely different situation. But yeah, you're right. Being being alone. How many people have we worked with where it comes down to they get down to the idea of I'll be alone or people will leave me, and then it's like, well, what will happen if that happens? Like if that was actually a reality, what would that actually be like? And it's like I'd be scared. But you see them find it in their mind because they don't know why they'd be scared. They'll even say, I like it being alone. I like when my spouse goes away on vacation. It's like, yeah, that's great, right? But you're not really alone and you know that. So what is it you're scared of? And they don't know. I think it's fascinating. It is fascinating. So let's talk about the sly disguises of fear. Okay. Um, One of the key indicators that I notice when people are in fear is confusion. Would you agree with that? I 100%. So why? Like, <clears throat> well, confusion is a strategy. So, ooh, confusion is a strategy. It is. It's a strategy. All right. It's a strategy. It is not the natural state for any living thing to be confused because confusion, if you stayed in confusion too long, you would cease to exist. You have to be able to be clear, to be able to move forward, to take care of yourself, to feed yourself, to take care of your life, to understand real danger. So when we when we get into confusion, it's not just that there are things that we don't know. It's a strategy of your mind trying to stop you from moving forward into something that's unknown every single time. Because when you're when you're sitting down and you're looking at something or you're making an evaluation or you're trying to grow your business or you're trying to make decisions, you're usually looking at multiple different things that you have to make a decision about that you really don't know what the outcome is for sure. There's always that little tinge of risk that hangs on everything. Mm-hmm. Well, if it triggers you subconsciously, your mind goes, I got to figure out how to stop them from doing this because we don't know what the outcome is. So this, the subconscious mind's only concerned with keeping us alive and procreating. It's not contr- worried about anything else. And it says, I don't have a pattern to be able to move through this because they don't know the outcome. So one of the first things that it will do as a strategy is to put a person in confusion. Confusion does not feel good for anybody. And if we're in it too long, we want to move to a clear state. But the only way that you can move to a clear state in that pattern is to go back to what you know to be true. So now you're taking yourself out of the evaluative process of whatever it is that you're thinking about or considering. I love that. So 
If someone's feeling confused, and we hear this all the time, David, I'm confused about something. I'm confused about the next direction. I'm confused about what I want. Is the best question for them to ask themselves, what am I afraid of? No, I think it's I think it was what you said before. What am I resisting? What am I resisting? What am I resisting? Because it's confusion, resistance, or resistance, confusion. They both go hand in hand before we get to the actual fear. I mean, when a person's in confusion, they don't really think to themselves that they're afraid. Correct. You know, and when they're in, in resistance, they don't usually think. That's not the first thing that comes up that they're afraid. Sometimes it makes sense, but normally it doesn't. Right. They don't know why they can't get themselves to do whatever it is that they need to do. Or they justify the resistance with being cautious. Yes. I'm weighing all my options. I need to I need to sleep on it, right? When when deep, deep inside they know the direction that they need to go. They're just afraid of. And that, like you said, that's a form of procrastination. Yes. They're not doing what needs to be done now. And with creating the illusion that I need to get more pieces of information in order to be able to make a decision. Yeah. How else do you see fear show up in disguise? Well, <clears throat> so so you have confusion, you have resistance. Resistance is around what am I? So when when I see somebody that's in resistance, I'll say, let me ask you a question: What are you resisting being, doing, or having in your life? In other words, in order for us to be able to move forward, we need something. In order to get that something, we need to be clear about what that something is. And sometimes it's, I don't know what it is, but I need to make a step forward as far as a decision process in order to step into whatever the opportunity is that's going to show up. So if a person is actually in the resistance around that, that is a fear about whatever one of those areas needs to change, being, doing, being, doing, having, generally those, those three. There's a change. It's required. Did you agree? I just thought of the perfect example. Okay. This is the story that you've told. I don't know. I've heard you tell it a gazillion times. I'm not sure if you've, if you've told it on the podcast or not, but of when you knew that you needed, you wanted something different. You kept waking up at the same time every night with the voice in your head saying, if you want to make a change, you have to, or if you want to live your dreams, you have to leave. Is that it? Yeah. If you want to live live your dream, you have to leave. And you were in, you were in pretty big resistance with that. Huge. You got to tell the story. Yeah. So it, so it started and I, 220, like every night, 220, I wake up, 220, I wake up and there's this thought in my head. If you want to live your dream, you have to leave. Now here's what's important about this. I was not I really didn't know what the dream was. I didn't have like, oh, here's what my dream is and I'm struggling to wrap my mind around it. I didn't know. I was working in a job and I was also having problems in my marriage. So there was that. I was also having problems with breaking away and setting boundaries with other family members, right? Yeah. So there were a lot of different things that were going on <laughs> yep. here. And I'm like, when it, would, when it would say that to me, I'm like, what do I have to leave? I, I was not conscious of what it was telling me to do. Now, when I worked with my mentor, he did he showed me something very early on that has proven and still does to this day to, to a large degree to help break through a little bit of confusion. He would say, whenever you're confused about something, go to your go to your personal library, pick up any book, don't look, just go whatever you're led to, pick it up, open it up, put your finger on the page and read what it says. Mm-hmm. And almost every time it'll give you some kind of direction, yeah. right? Yeah. So um, this, I started this process when I would wake up and I would pick up a book and I would look at it and it was a complete disconnect from the question that was in my mind. I remember one time 
I picked up the Bible, and I opened it up, and I looked at it, and it said, woe to the person that won't make a decision, that <laughs> will experience hell, heaven and hell in the worst. Like It was like this, this whole nasty like down uh, message, and I'm like, what the flying fuck is going on here? Why can't I do this? So this was going, so at the sixth month mark, and oh. I mean every night this happened, and I'm like determined, I'm going to figure this out. I called my mentor on the phone. I was in Chicago. He was in Canada. And he was leaving. He was getting ready to go to New Orleans to go speak at an event. And he says to me, I don't have time to talk to you right now. He says, if you want to ask me a question, I suggest you get on a plane and meet me in New Orleans. And he would do stuff like this with me all the time. It was like, how committed are you to these answers? Which was a, which was a, a lesson in and of itself. Anyway, I get on a plane. I actually... Don't quite tell the truth about why I'm going where I'm going. I don't want to say I'm a flight five thousand dollar flight because I have to ask somebody a question in New Orleans. Five thousand so dollars to ask somebody a question in New Orleans. Yeah, 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 yeah. You wanted the answer pretty I, bad. Yeah, I wanted. I really wanted the answer. So I went down there, and he said to me, "So what, what was so important? You had to fly all the way to New Orleans to ask me?" Which I thought I was so frustrated. It was crazy, and I said, "I'm waking up every night." at 2.20 in the morning with a voice in my head that says, if you want to live your dream, you have to leave. And he says, how long has this been going on? And I said, six months. And he says, and you're waiting now to ask me the question? And I said, yes. And he says to me, you'll always get what you need when you need it, so just leave. And my, I didn't, there wasn't a second in between what he said and my response was, I can't leave. I've got a wife and kids and a mortgage and like, he said, leave. He didn't say what to leave. Mm -mm. And I immediately went to my job. It wasn't that I didn't know. I was in such resistance that I wouldn't admit it to myself. And he got me thinking from a different perspective. And it just verbally came out. That's what it was. He made it okay for you. To, he made it okay. He made it okay. And I trusted him. Right. So, but, but yes, but it was scary as fuck. Yeah. But you were in resistance because of all of those. Yes. All of those reasons. Yes, all of those reasons. I was scared. I Those were the excuses that I used to justify why I could not walk away. And the biggest one was, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't have this grand vision. I don't have a grand vision. I didn't know what I was going to do. And it was obvious once I became clear on the fact that I had to leave. And what he basically told me was, and, and th this sounds crazy to the average person, but that actually this is the way the universe works. You have to make a decision before the opportunity is going to come to you in most cases, especially when you're talking about growth. Which can be terrifying. <laughs> Unbelievably <laughs> paralyzing, terrifying. And that's what it was for me at that time. But here was the thing. I was in resistance around what I was here to do as far as what my purpose was. I was not accepting it. Every time it would come to my mind, I would just push it away. I'm not a speaker. I'm not a coach. I'm not a seminar leader. I'm not this, that, and the other. And I would push it away. And um, I wouldn't give it any, any, any legitimate thought whatsoever. So that was resistance. That was fear. And then he says this to me, and, he, and he's like, look, you'd... And because I, but because the convert, the conversation unfolded and I'm like, I have no idea how I'm going to do this. And he's like, you don't need to know how you're going to do it. And I'm like, how the fuck could you say this? I was so angry and I was frustration really, but, yeah. but it was fear in another direction. I'm like, I, how am I going to do this? He's like, you don't need to know how you're going to do it. He said, you don't even need to know what it is until you 
make the decision to walk away from the thing that's keeping you safe. And that was the scariest thing in the world for me on multiple levels because that job that I was doing goes back all the way to 93 when I decided to get off the forklift. Everything changed for me. So I had a set of rules and behaviors that was working very well in my life. I had stabilized my life. We paid off our debt. We had a couple of more children. So then we got four kids. We're, we're, we live in a little home, but it was a nice home, right? It was, yeah, it was all of that sure stuff. You had all the responsibilities. I had, I was a hundred percent responsible in every direction that I could possibly be. And I didn't want to lose that. I didn't want to risk it. And like I said, my marriage wasn't great at the time and I didn't want to risk that either. And I knew that this was going to be a huge blow into that relationship to yeah, do that. It would upset the apple cart. Tremendously. How many business owners do we know that are resistance to growing because they don't want to upset the apple cart? Everybody, basically, to some degree. Yeah. To some degree. Yeah. I mean, they wouldn't really be coming to us if they if they weren't. Right. Right. So yeah. it's not just mindset and, and it's not just strategy, it's the mindset to employ those strategies to make them work. So you were really in resistant you were really in resistance to being someone different because you said I'm not a speaker. I'm not a trainer. I'm not a, yeah. do you know how many times, I mean, you're an answer yes to this because of course you know how many times we hear from business people, I'm not a salesperson, which is the biggest crock of crap. Right. Everybody right. is a salesperson. Everybody's a salesperson. Right? Person. But they're in resistance to sales because it threatens something. It's so prolific, themselves. that idea yeah. that even in sales books, it says nobody's a born salesperson. And that's a hundred percent incorrect. We're all born salespeople. How do we convince parents to take care of us when we can't take care of ourselves and we can't even speak? We are, we are consistently influencing other people to meet our needs, especially for the first 20 years of our life. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's so interesting to see how this shows up. So resistance. I hear all the time when I say, or when you say, what are you in resistance to? And there's there they'll look at us and say, I'm not, I'm not in resistance to anything. Like in your in your opinion, what's the best way to, to help people see what they're in resistance to? Well, here's the thing. Whatever they're in resistance to is right in front of them. They're just not looking at it. And the reason that they're not doing it is because they've made an accepted excuse around the thing. So that's why I get I get um, a little more direct about it. What are you currently facing? that is a change in what you want to be, do, or have, that you're making an excuse or saying that you can't do it or whatever, but it's in your life right now. And they always know what the answer is. Well, I'm going to do a shameless plug right now for a free training we have coming up because in that free training, we're going to share a little strategy to help people uncover what they're in resistance to. And okay. I will say this, if you don't have the results that you want in your business, you're in resistance to something. Totally. Like your results will show you that you're in resistance. To the something. natural state of all life is to be successful, right. not to be suffering or have major issues or you're stuck or you can't move forward. So resistance, again, it's a strategy to keep you from not getting what you want. Right. So we've been doing um, this three-part training just mm -hmm. over this last month called How to Reverse Engineer a Seven-Figure Business. You can't reverse engineer a multi-seven-figure business if you're in resistance. So part three of the program, it's all free. Part three, you and I are going to be doing a teaching on how to get out of the, this resistance and also this little strategy that, I, that actually I use all the time. Actually, we use this with our private clients as well to help them see the thing that they need to take action on to break the resistance. So that's free. 
if you if you want the link to join us, you can get the link in um, the show notes, or you can DM me on Instagram at Steph Tuss, and I will send you the link. I just figured out that sometimes I can't see my messages on Instagram, so I've got that all set up now. So if you actually <laughs> DM me, I will respond. Apologize to those of you that DM'd me and needed to wait a few days for it. Um, but join us. If you if you opt in for part three, you also get the replay of part one right. and part two. So it's all good stuff. So hopefully that'll be an extra resource for people who awesome. are really experiencing resistance. I love talking about fear. Um, I think people mo- want to move away from fear. And I think the idea is that you actually move into fear. It is. Fear is our friend. And that's one of the things that we'll talk about, right, in the in that program. Fear is actually your friend. You just have to know how to use it. It tells you a tremendous amount of information, but it's not meant to run away unless like tiger's chasing you. One of my most favorite lines, you and I both love this show, Billions. The yeah. show Billions, that's right? A and it's show. a Axel, Ax, Axelrod? Ax, yeah. Oh, man, it's been Ax a while Capital. since I've seen it. So uh, the main character, Axelrod, experiences a lot. Of, like, he has a whole different um, relationship with fear. In fact, one of my favorite lines from the show is, is he, he says, I love fear. It shows me the exact direction I need to head right straight into it. Yeah. Right. And that's how yeah. he's built. That's how, I mean, granted it's a TV show. Right. But that's how he built his, his multi-billion dollar empire is through consistently stepping through fear rather right. than trying to think his way through it or, or avoid it. So yeah, good stuff. That's fear. awesome. Thanks, David. You bet. If you like what you heard today on fear, go ahead and subscribe to our channel, ring the bell and join us next time for our next episode. And if you're experiencing fear and you're in resistance, comment below, let us know what's going on. We'll see if we can help. Thanks for listening to the Successful Mind Podcast. If you like what you've heard and you want to know more, go to davidnagel.com forward slash free stuff.